Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. This is what I felt, right? I haven't, I didn't give the, the, the team any scriptures today because I, I genuinely, I had something on my heart, but I didn't, I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but what I felt was rather than just a word or just a message, I really felt that God wanted me to, to open up, open up a, a question for you, for the church. And I, what I felt was I wanted to have an invitation for you today to, to renew for yourself the vow of David over your life. That's what I felt. An invitation to receive David's vow as your own. And you're all looking at me like, what was David's vow? That's okay. I didn't know either until the Lord showed it to me. But it's found in Psalms 132, starting at verse 1. And I purposely didn't send any scriptures through because um, I wanted you to open your word and your Bible and have a look for yourself. Because I believe today that that the word of God is going to leap out by his spirit and grip your soul today. In Jesus' mighty name. Psalms 132, starting in verse 1. And this is what I felt. This is the crux of David's vow, right? Is he desired to have a resting place for the Lord. He desired to create, thanks, Zach, so much. You might be back up in 10 minutes, but. David desired to create a resting place for the Lord, a house, a dwelling place for God to dwell in. And this is, this is the most amazing thing, right? David is the first person to have this desire without being told in Scripture. I don't know if you know this, but God created everything. <laughs> Surprise. God created earth. He created Eden, not just for man, but for himself. God, you might have heard this term, God by his spirit is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, all the time, all at once, but he also desires to dwell. And he also desires to to place himself into space and time and dwell with his people. We see this in Genesis 3 verse 8, and it says that God came walking in the cool of the day, in the garden. But, but he's omnipresent. Wasn't he already there? What, omnipresent, the best way to describe this is David when he says, I can make my bed in heaven and you are there. I can make my bed in hell and you are there. Right? You can't escape the presence of God. But there's a big difference between God being everywhere and God being somewhere. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that there are many people who have God living in them, but God doesn't rest with them. I believe there are many churches that are called houses of God, but He doesn't dwell. I'm going to say that again. I believe there are many houses of God that do all the right things, say all the right stuff, but he doesn't dwell. He doesn't reside. 
There's a big difference between visiting and dwelling. Let me explain it like this. If your mother-in-law comes to stay with you for the weekend, you will clean up a room, you will get the bed ready, all the things that are in the spare room that you don't want her to see, you'll pull them out and you'll put them in a cupboard somewhere and then you'll pick her up from the airport or when she arrives, you'll walk her to the door and you'll take her luggage and you'll put it in the room for her and you might even cook the meals for the weekend. I'm speaking from a son-in-law point of view, right? <laughs> Don't, this isn't specific about anyone. This is an analogy, okay? <laughs> it's purely an analogy. And you will talk the talk, walk the walk, and you'll have a great time with your mother-in-law for the weekend. But then when Monday morning comes and the weekend is over, you will happily help her pack her bags. And you will happily walk them to the door. But when she turns to you and says, hey, listen, um, actually the reason I came here was um, I've, lost, uh, I've lost my house and I have nowhere else to go. Can I live with you? Who knows, that's a completely different kettle of fish. I know it's funny, but does that make sense? That's the difference between visiting and dwelling. That feeling. Do you know when God dwells, it will be amazing, but it will also be uncomfortable. It will be exciting but it'll also be convicting it will be powerful but it'll also require you to lay down your power these are the things that David desired and he said this right Psalms 132 verse 1 this is Solomon his son writing he says Lord remember David in all his afflictions how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until, everyone say until, I find a resting place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ifarath. We found it in a field of the woods. Let us go into the tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, and, and you and the ark of your strength. This is the vow of David. Up until this point, God had given commandments. God had given requests. And in a sign of obedience, they have built tents. But this is the first time anyone in Scripture desired to have a resting place for the Lord before he was asked to do so. So can we go through the story of when David first goes after the Ark of the Covenant together? Who wants to go home? You want to go home? Is that okay? Can we go through some more Scripture? All right, open your Bibles up to 1 Chronicles chapter 13 with me. 
I just feel that God is going to do something powerful this morning. Can I tell you this? God dwells where he's desired. He dwells where he's desired. What start, sometimes you might have to put in place discipline, but discipline will quickly turn into desire when you taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? So here we see David in 1 Chronicles chapter 13 going after the ark. And I'm just going to get through this quickly, but there's some points that I want to point out which I hope grip your heart, that open an invitation for, to, to, for in yourself to create a resting place, desire a resting place to have the Lord not just visit your own life, not just visit church services, not just visit places of worship, but to dwell and reside and never leave. Can I tell you, you don't have to come to church another day in your life wondering if something amazing is going to happen. You can come and know. You don't have to come to church any longer and hope that a miracle happens. Do you know, if we can get this right, (laughs) stadiums won't be big enough. Because built into every single human being is an innate desire in the generic code that they need God himself to dwell. It's built in. No matter how sinful, no matter how far, no matter how much they deny the existence of God, it's still built into the genetic code. Why? Because we're made in the image of God. From cell to spirit, from Adam to eyeball, you know what I mean? It, we're designed in the image of God, created in the image of God. So here we have David in First Chronicles 13. He says this, Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord of our God, let us send out our brethren, send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel, and with them to the priests and the Levites who are in their cities and their common lands, that they may gather together with us and let us bring the ark of our God back to us, for we have not inquired it since the days of Saul. This was David's leadership. He said, let's do this. Let's gather together. And if it's good with us, and if it's good with the Lord, we're going to go after the presence of God. He didn't say this, come follow me, I'm going to chase the presence of God. Did you know a revival in, the, in our city is not going to be because of a service? It's not going to be because of a worship song. It's not going to be because of a preacher. It's going to be because we gathered together. And it was good to us. And it was good to the Lord. We're going after the presence of God. I pray that this is stirring in your heart today. This isn't polished. I've got no notes. I gave the data team no scriptures. But I'm opening an invitation 
And I want, this is actually what I want to do, right? More than this is a preach, more than this is a sermon, I want it to be an invitation. From this moment forth, if you feel, feel the Holy Spirit gripping you with a desire to have him dwell in your life, in this house, in his people, in this city, I open this altar for you to come. No worship, nothing. If that's you, come. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So then they go after the presence of God. They go after, they found it in Ifrath, in the woods, in a shed. And then it says this, right? So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abaddon and Uzzah and also drove the cart. Then David and all of Israel played before God with all their might with strings on harps and stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came to Chidon, Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand to hold the ark of the oxen, uh, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark and he died there before God. Let me give this warning to you today. If you make the decision to pursue God, pursue his presence, some things will have to die. Let me point this out. They went after the Ark of the Covenant, right? The golden box with the statues on top and the poles on it. And it says they went and bought a new cart. God, we're getting a new cart for you. We're going to put your presence on a cart. We're going to put your presence in this amazing sand cart we got from Bunnings. And it's going to be good for you. God, we do this service for you. Come because we put you on a server in, in this good service. Look at the music we're doing. These songs, surely these songs please you. Surely this sermon pleases you. Look, it's a new cart. We got it from Bunnings and it goes through sand. God never asked for a new cart. In verse 12 of chapter 13, it says this, uh, 11 and 12. And David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah, to this day, David was afraid of God that day, saying, How can I bring the ark of God to me? How? How? How can I do this? How do I get what God has promised to his people to the place where I desire him to dwell? How? How is this going to happen? God, how are we going to do it? Because apparently the way I wanted to do it wasn't working. Apparently it wasn't what you desired. God, how? How? And the scripture goes on in 1 Chronicles 14. It says this, that, um, that, that David goes on out to war. 
And while he's at war, the Ark of the Covenant dwells at Obededom's house for three months. And while the Ark is in proximity to Obededom's family, he says that he was blessed abundantly just because the presence of God rested there. If we need money to fix homing, like home living situations in Harvey Bay, the presence of God is the answer. Presence of God is the answer. We want to see the drug crime rate drop in Harvey Bay. Presence of God is the answer. This is our sole purpose. I don't know if you know this, but you didn't come to church today for you. It's for Him. I hope this is gripping your soul. 1 Chronicles 15 says this. This is when David decides to go back after the presence of God. It says this, David built a house for himself in the city of David and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. And David gathered all of Israel together Uh, to Jerusalem to bring the ark of the Lord to its place which he had prepared for it then David assembled the children of Aaron and and the Levites of the sons of Kothath, Urethath, the chief and 120 and his brethren right and it goes through the people that are going to carry the ark of of God right and then verse 12 of chapter 15 says this then he said to them you are the heads of the fathers of the houses of the Levites sanctify you sanctify you and your brethren that you may bring the ark of God to Israel and place it where I have prepared for it, the place I prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out in anger towards us because we did not consult him about the proper order. We did not consult God about the order for his presence to dwell. In your life, I don't know if you've experienced this, but every time you've said, I'm surrendering to God and everything breaks out in chaos and you get discouraged so you just step back again, it's because you haven't consulted him on the proper order. It's time to consult God on the proper order of how to host his presence. I'm not saying we have to change our service. That's not what it's about because that's just a new card. He dwells where he's desired. We're wanting the effects of his presence, not the person. We're going, God, bring healing. God, do a miracle. God, change the living crisis in Harvey Bay. Change the drug crisis. Change the thing. And he's going, ah, oh, I will, but I just desire me first. Just desire me above all else. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites, listen to this, bore the ark of God on their shoulders. They didn't get a cart from Bunnings that goes through sand and it's great. It wasn't dependent upon a service. 
It wasn't dependent upon a church staff. It wasn't dependent on the next best word that's going to get me through this week. It wasn't dependent upon the song that I can sing because I know the words. It wasn't dependent upon the fact of where I sit in my favorite chair because it sounds the best. It's not dependent on the fact that our church is loud or quiet or four songs or two songs or eight songs. It wasn't dependent about whether it goes for. It wasn't dependent on the cart. The Levites carried it on their shoulders. The people of God are called to carry the presence of God. Those who are called by his name are called to carry the presence of God. We are called to carry the presence of God. Listen to this, right? They had a cart. It didn't work. They chose to carry the presence of God. And before, I want you to read this, right? We're jumping back to 1 Chronicles 13, chapter 8. It says this, and then this is the first time they went out of the ark. Then David and all of Israel played music before God with all their might. All their might, and it didn't work. Listen to this. This is 15, chapter 15, 26. And it was so when God helped the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Their might versus God helped. (laughs) When we put God and his presence in a cart, I'm using a Bunnings cart as an analogy because we can visualize it. But when you put the presence of God, depending on your efforts, our vessels, our might, it will always end up in death. It ends up in religion. It ends up in tradition. If you've been hurt by church, hurt by religion, it's because we've tried to put God in a cart. It was dependent on a system. It was dependent on a procedure. It was, I'm not saying that those things are bad, but they are not the vehicles to carry the presence of God. We are. And when we pick up, when we sanctify ourselves, we carry our cross, we pick up our cross, we bear the burden of the ark, we bear the burden of the presence of God, and, the, and as it was designed to do, we pick up the presence of God and we bear it on our shoulders, it will no longer be our might, but God will help. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel the glory of God in this place. I feel that these people's hearts are gripping for this fresh desire. God, I will carry my cross. I will dedicate my life to to David's vow. I will not rest. I will not pursue any other pursuit but Christ in him crucified. Church, he's worthy of it. He's worthy of this pursuit. He's worthy to die so they can carry glory. He's worthy. He's so worthy of it. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Ephesians 2.20 says this. 2.22 says this.
says, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This is the building up of the church. This is the building up of the saints. This is what we're here to do. In whom you, me, Rachel, Pastor Pete, Pastor Emma, Pastor Mary Lynn, Pastor Ross, in whom we also are being built together for the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Can I have everyone stand, please? Thank you, Jesus. If you get feeling ministered to by the Lord here, just stay in that place. Stay in that place. Stay in that place. But I feel that there's more people here whose heart is getting gripped by the Lord to take up David's vow, saying, God, whatever it takes, whatever the cost, I will pursue you, Lord. I will pursue your presence. I feel that there's going to be a mighty move of the Spirit of God here today. Why? Because he comes where, he's, where he is wanted, where the affection of his people is lifted up to him. This is the place that he dwells. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know this wasn't polished. I know this wasn't n- nice even. <laughs> it might have been hard to hear. But God is in this place and he's wanting to grip his people again. He's wanting to grip the hearts of his people with first love. He's wanting to grip the hearts of his people with a desire for his presence. For him not just to visit, but to dwell. But to dwell. But to dwell. I don't know about you, but I don't want him to just visit church anymore. I don't want him just to visit every fifth Sunday. I can say that I'm a leader here. I don't want it anymore. I want him to dwell. That from the moment you park your car across the road, the manifest glory of God captures you. The glory of God just sitting in this place, the person of God. God, I know you're always here, you're everywhere, but God, I want you to dwell. The answer for the world, the lost world, is the dwelling presence of God on His people. God, won't you dwell? God, won't you dwell? I just feel God's delighted in this moment. He's delighted. He's so delighted. And even now, He's gripping hearts right now. He's gripping hearts. If you feel the Lord gripping your heart, come, just respond to Him. Whatever that looks like, it, it doesn't have to look like anything. Respond to Him. Respond to Him. Add faith and action to this desire to host God in His presence. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.